Hey, Vic, I want to bribe our audience. Oh. And I know that it's maybe like questionable behavior. Do it. The amount of people that follow and subscribe this podcast is so low comparatively to the amount of people who listen every week. How low? It's 2%. So if you look <gasps> at our follows, even on like Spotify, it's like what? 500 people follow. But then there's like thousands and thousands and thousands that listen every week. And I was like, holy shit. Okay, Excuse so- me. <laughs> I know. But I don't think people realize how much it helps by hitting the follow button or the subscribe button. And we didn't know till recently either. So If you listen to this podcast regularly and you like the conversations we're having, we would love to ask you the tiniest favor. Please, please, please click follow or subscribe. Gosh, that sounded very desperate. But we are desperate. (laughs) We (laughs) We are a bit though. And it only takes two seconds and it helps so much. So please. And you also won't miss out on any episodes of our lovely voices, which heaven forbid, you might miss out on an episode and not get the content. Oh gosh. Do you know what I've just realized though? I said at the beginning of this that we'd bribe them. What are we bribing oh. them with? Click follow or subscribe and you'll find out. I know what it is. If you hit and follow, subscribe, whatever it's called. Oh gosh. What, sh- what are you giving away? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to mean because it means our show can get better and we can spend more money in the production and we can get better guests and like it just makes such a difference. So if you like the show, it takes two seconds to follow. But then what that does in terms of how we can then grow the podcast Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So that's the bribe. If you wouldn't mind, we'd really love that. Thank you. Welcome to season two of Raising the Curve, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. The pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. So this is a place for you to learn about investing in finance in a non-scary or intimidating way. Thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve. I think we need to paint the picture as to where we are right now. So we're in the More FM studios and these Christmas decorations everywhere. And it's the middle of November. <laughs> There's like green lights. We've got a big Merry Christmas sign hanging up. And I a feel giant like people Christmas need something tree. to look forward to. So they've started Christmas really early this year. My sister's done all her Christmas shopping. Has she? I'm like, when in the world would you have ever done that in a normal situation? That stresses me out. Too much spare time. Some of the seats in here have Santa sort of hats on them Mm. and there's decorations on the desk and also Vic and I are very tanned. (laughs) We got spray tans. We got spray tans and you should have seen us yesterday. We looked like little umflumpers. No, you shouldn't have seen us yesterday. (laughs) I took a video and Vic was like, if you show that to anyone. So look, it's a real sight in here today. Okay, so if, if I was to say stock exchange, mm. do you know what I'm talking about? Go ahead. I, I mean, was, I think of Wolf of Wall Street. I think of... I think you think of Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street every episode. <laughs> I know. I know. I Such need to a get bad connotation. New it material. is the worst. <laughs> well, I just don't have any other thing to compare it to. I've never, ever stepped into a meeting at your work. I've never seen... I don't know, any of the stuff you look at, all your stats, all your research, like honestly, it's all pretty foreign. And to be honest, that is the worst thing about Wolf of Wall Street is that that's what everyone thinks the industry is like because it's been, because it's a Hollywood movie and that's all that they see. Same with The Big Short, Mm. the other movie. I feel like I've not seen that. I watched it with some friends ages ago and they were like, afterwards they turned to me, Vic, is that what you do? And I was like, no, no, obviously it's glamorised for Hollywood. Okay. So if I say NZX... ASX, NASDAQ, you're looking very confused. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm it's just, like I'm speaking a foreign language. I, I probably am. Yeah. It does. You're speaking in full acronyms. Yes. I mean, only because you've given me context and said, do you know what a stock exchange is? I'm assuming that they are exactly. all of the different kind ones. Kind of gave you the, gave you the question. You really threw the, the rope out there. It's like the, <laughs> what day is Father's Day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I mean, NASDAQ sounds familiar only because it sounds like a movie also. Is that like an American something? So that is an American stock exchange. So How many do they have? They have quite a few. I guess the two most well-known ones is the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. And then New Zealand and New Zealand, because we're a, bit, we're a lot smaller, we only have the NZX. And then in Australia, they've got the ASX. I guess what is, what is an exchange's role in finance and in investing and in the markets? It's a place for people to go and buy and sell shares. It's where companies come to sell shares and where investors come to buy shares. Maybe we need to think of what it would look like, you know? So is it like a market? Yes, exactly. It's like a farmer's market. So who's on what side of the stall? So the companies are selling the bananas and apples. Okay. <laughs> and the investors are buying the bananas and apples. The exchange is the location where the market is held. You pay a fee to attend the market and put your stall there, you're paying the exchange a fee to list your company there. And you want to go to that market and you want to be on that exchange because you know that's where the people come. Because that's where everyone goes. Exactly. That's the best analogy I think we've ever given. So next time you go to the Matakana markets... I'll think of myself. I'll wander around being like, (laughs) you're a company. You're a company. I'm an investor. (laughs) I'm an investor. (laughs) Hi there, I'd like to buy shares of your apples. (laughs) <laughs> look at you like you're crazy. But exactly, it's it's that's the best kind of analogy is that it's like it's a marketplace. It's a farmer's market, it's a fruit market, whatever kind of market you want, but you're buying and selling shares. So it's a place where everyone can come, one centralised place. Like imagine if it didn't exist and Facebook has millions and millions and millions of shareholders Imagine them literally tapping on Facebook store being like, hi, can I, do you have a seller? I've got my... Oh, it would, it would just be, be like the world's absolute. most disorganised festival where everyone's like, where's the stage? Where's the food? No one knows where they're going. It'd be like going. a festival in New Zealand with queues like oh, a mile long. Yeah. Yes, Just exactly. don't even bother going to the leaves. You've got to pop a Scott on the side of the stage. <laughs> the of- like, screw it, I don't want to sell my shares. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a great place because it facilitates the buying and selling, like, Makes it a super easy process, and yeah. all of everything's there. Like everyone's got their FPOS machines, and they've got all their things, and it's just like all set up yes. for people to buy and sell easily. Yes. And everyone, if you're if you're an investor, you go there, and you know there's going to be a huge selection of companies or fruit. <laughs> and if you're a company, you go there, and you know there's going to be a lot of investors. So it works for both parties. I'm imagining myself at this market and I reckon I'd be dressed as like Inspector Gadget or something because you would have stalls that look pretty from the outside and look like they've got beautiful fruit that are mm. amazing, but then you buy them and you walk away and you bite into them and they're rotten. You like know? you're you buying have to, right, unripe bananas. Yeah, and you, you really have to have your wits about you with what stall you decided to buy, have a little sniff around of their exactly. produce, make sure, you know, this is all of, yeah, this is yeah. making sense to me. You may have said to reference Wolf of Wall Street again. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do this on every episode, by the way. Do you remember seeing pictures, or you may have just seen pictures of a whole lot of men in a pit yelling, screaming? Yes, you know, yes, Street, I do. Yeah, no, I do remember yeah, that. That bit. is exactly what an exchange is, except that's a physical 
in-person exchange, whereas now a lot of it is on online. Do they still have in-person ones? Yeah, so oh. they've literally got people standing there going, a dollar fifty, a dollar forty-nine, a dollar like You're okay, kidding. okay, bye, bye, bye. Like it's where crazy. does this happen? Have you ever been to one? No, I haven't. But they're they're kind of getting made redundant because everything's online. And How it's all fun though! That would be yeah. like going back to a live day, sporting game or something. Exactly, the atmosphere would be amazing. <laughs> But back in the day, that was how you would buy and sell shares, was in a pit, what they call a trading pit like that at the exchange. And it was literally just yelling, trying to find buyers and trying to find sellers and matching up prices and, and completing transactions. Whereas I imagine now, if you lost your papers and so it sounds like a bit of a <laughs> shit show. <laughs> People buy be like, me. oh god, I've sold it oh, twice. No. Oh, Where no. did Ann Lee go? I just I sold her the wrong share, and like it would be very stressful for everyone involved. And back in the day when it was way more paper based, it would take you know 24 hours. You'd have to put your order in, send it away by snail mail, and then it would come. It was just way more time consuming. Because, of course, they would have had shares in the stock market well before the internet and computers, right? Well, the, actually, the oldest stock exchange, here's a fun fact for you. Oh, I love a fun fact. <laughs> Vic, stock facts. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just brainstorm that. Um, it's a working title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in Amsterdam, and it was set up in sixteen in the 1600s. So if you think, like, long... 17, 18, 19. So how long is that? For? Over 400 years? Yeah. Oh, my maths is so bad. Over 400 yeah, years? Yeah, over 400 years ago. Wow. Crazy. What sort of companies would have even been around I in mean, the 1600s? It would have been like railway companies and uh, coal and wood, you wow. know, like really industrial kind of companies. That's quite fascinating, though. Yeah. And it's still around today, which is quite incredible. Back then, it was very much a market and you'd go and you'd, you know, be very uh, interactive, whereas now it's more of, I guess you would kind of call it like a trade me. Everything's done online. It's It's more, this is my price. No, I don't want to accept it. Okay, well, lower my price. You know, it's all done instantaneously. There's not really any bartering happening. I imagine you probably could actually. It's like an auction, I guess, is kind of the best way to look at it. But back in the day when it was, you know, in the 1600s, what was the Amsterdam one called? Do you know what the uh, Amsterdam Stock Exchange, whatever? Um, That. Would you have been able to bargain down share prices then? Probably, right? Like they wouldn't have been necessarily as set. Yeah, I think it's all kind of a negotiation. Not now, though. Well, now it's it depends. You just have a price, and if someone doesn't want to sell at that price, then it depends how much you want it, whether you lower your price. Mm. You so want. I guess it is so kind it is of still, still a negotiation. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because I've been thinking about it as a set price, yeah. but that's not right at all because no. everyone sells at different... And it depends if it's a liquid company. So again, like Facebook. What's liquid again? Liquid just means there's lots and lots of shares and lots and lots of investors wanting to buy and sell. Then... You'd have less pulling power on the price that you got, but there'd be more people that would be willing to sell at different prices. Does that make sense? So say I wanted to sell at $1.50 and, and say it was a really liquid company, there'd be tons of people that would want to sell at $1.49, $1.50, You know, they're, they're broad range. Whereas if it's more illiquid, so say something like a company that only sh- sells a few shares every day, then you might say, hey, look, I want to sell for $1.50 and there'd be nobody that was interested. So therefore, maybe the next day you come back, okay, I'll sell sell for $1.45. So what you mean is basically it's the same thing as the overall concepts that you teach Mm. about having. The more demand there is, the more that prices go up and therefore you're probably more likely to sell something for a higher price point or what you want to sell it for if there's lots of buyers and it's a liquid company. Again, back to the market analogy, if you're selling bananas for $10 each, 
there's probably not going to be a lot of buyers, but you you slowly start to feel out what the equilibrium is that where you get the sellers, and it might have to go to eight, to seven, six, and then finally at five dollars, people come to your store and go, yeah, okay, I'm interested at five dollars, and they buy at five dollars. Whereas if you're at a market where there's no one, that five dollars you might have to go down to about two dollars mm-hmm. to get. So it just depends if it's a liquid company or not, and if there's a lot of investors around that are interested. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. If, so the, if it's uh, a rainy day at the market, you, you might have to lower those prices. You might, you might. But if it's a sunny, beautiful day and there's many people out to buy their groceries. You might be selling those bananas for $10 a pop. I can't believe there's so many stock markets all over the world. Mm. Do we have access to buy them or just... Yeah, so the thing with New Zealand only having really one exchange is because we are a small market. We've only got about 150 listed companies in New Zealand. Does that feel boring to you? That is very little, but then like Australia's got 2,000. What about the NASDAQ? So the NASDAQ, there's about 3,000 companies listed on the NASDAQ, which again, if you think about Australia versus the US, it's not actually that much difference. But there's more in the US though, right? You said yeah, more yeah. Than, so then, then, then you've New got York the New York Stock Exchange, which has got about 3,000. So there's multiple. I want to visit the New York Stock Exchange. It just sounds so <laughs> cool. We should do a curve field trip. <laughs> to Wall Street? <laughs> no, to the New York Stock Exchange. It just sounds like chic and cool. So it's on Wall Street. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thick. Yeah. Can we go? Like when a- we get a million listeners on our podcast, oh, we'll God. do a podcast. We're going to be flogging the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be doing our podcast from Wall Street. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. So every country does have a stock exchange, pretty much. Most Definitely most developed countries. So London, uh, China. China has quite a few. Japan, Hong Kong. The cool thing about Japan, Hong Kong and China is they have like lunch breaks within their exchange where... Everyone goes and has Have lunch a sandwich. and they shut down the exchange so no one can trade where they go. <laughs> oh. I was like, that sounds great. Imagine that in New it's Zealand. It's so old school. I know. It's like a siesta in Europe. Where everyone I just love that. So I remember when I used to cover global equities, global global markets in a previous job. And it was like, <laughs> you'd wake up in the morning, you'd have a couple of hours for the US market, then kind of midday-ish, you, or you know, from midday you'd have Asia open and then kind of seven o'clock at night, you'd have Europe that would open. So it was just a constant, like there's no off switch. So exciting though. So exciting, yeah, but quite hectic. Whereas I, I'm really enjoying now, Australia, New Zealand. You're just getting lazy with yeah. your old age, I think. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so with those jobs, when you were covering global markets, I mean, how did that even work? Did you have to go and visit companies in different parts of the world? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of travel, which which I loved. I went to Tokyo and went to visit a whole lot of Japanese companies. I went to Canada to visit a whole lot of Canadian companies. That's it's quite amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's quite cool. Now you're stuck on Zoom. <laughs> Things have really downgraded. Yeah, definitely. But it was great because you'd go over there and all these companies, especially Japanese companies, they're like, oh, from New Zealand, amazing. You know, And they're really excited to see you because you've come all this way to visit this, this company. And same in Canada. Canadians are quite similar to Kiwis in how like business dealings. Would you have done yeah. a lot of research before getting to the point of going on a plane to see the company? Surely yeah. you would have been like, it's worth travelling across the world to go and talk to this company. Totally, and you'd go to cities where there's a lot of companies that you can visit at once. You wouldn't go to some obscure little town in, in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> you go to Tokyo where the majority of companies are the listed companies are there. You can visit. You know, kill a lot of birds with one stone. Ooh, it's quite sorry. It's quite sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> you get the analogy. <laughs> look really distraught by that. Sorry. It's like, you didn't kill a bird, like it's all good. Just picturing dead birds and getting quite, yeah. 
Because what yeah. else do I need to know about the different stock exchanges? Do they move differently? Yeah, so I guess the the thing with the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange, which are, which are two quite well-known stock exchanges, is that the NASDAQ is kind of more tech-focused. So you've got your Apples, Amazons, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. Love Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> this girl would sleep with Microsoft sheets if she could. <laughs> Obsessed. Guilty. Uh, and so they're all listed on the NASDAQ because they're more tech-focused companies, whereas the New York Stock Exchange is more more traditional companies, I guess. So your Coca-Cola, Pfizer's, Disney, Johnson Johnson. We get asked a lot, you know, how do I know if companies listed or how do, I, how do I know if I can invest in a company? And so if you went onto the NZX website or the ASX website and typed in whatever company that you want to invest in, if it pops up, then it will be you'll be able to invest in it. It'll be on the exchange because only publicly listed companies are on the exchange. So if you wanted to invest in Mary's hair salon down the road, you're not going to find that on the New York Stock Exchange. What? Why do you say Mary's would be listed? <laughs> I mean, if Mary's was some kind of global franchise, or <laughs> so if you're not sure if a company is listed, yes. you can just look it up. Yeah. So I think, say like Burger Fuel, for example. It, Am I right in thinking that's really hard to invest in? So they're listed, but a lot of people don't actually realise that it's a listed company in New Zealand. So you would go onto the NZX website, type in Burger Fuel, and then you'd realise that it's listed and you can buy shares. So it's a great, great centralised place. The annoying thing is in the US, you'd have to go to the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange. And, so we're know. lucky because we've got a one-stop we've shop. We've got a one-stop shop, yeah. yeah. So I don't really good. feel that inspired by you know, in, investing in New Zealand companies for some reason. Is that bad? I know, just because there's not a lot to invest in. You know, the US is a lot more exciting because it's brands we see, brands like Visa and MasterCard that we're using or... I mean, I do eat burger fuel, but yeah. I still... <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't invested. <laughs> I'm yum. Yeah, their vegan burgers are yeah, my favourite. no. But there's just something that feels more international and big scale and exciting about yes. the US stock exchange. Yeah. I mean, I'm not to say I've invested in it, but... It does sound a little bit more exciting. Yeah. No, it is. And the curly thing. The, the curly, curly thing? <laughs> have you ever used that adjective? <laughs> my analogies and my, my sayings, I always get, I'm like, She's like oh, oh, that's a pot calling the toaster black. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> You're as free as a tree. And it's like, you mean bird, babe. <laughs> so apologies in advance if I get any of my sayings wrong. But what, What's curly? I mean that the exchanges are listed themselves. So if you wanted to invest in the New York Stock Exchange no way. or the, in, the New Zealand Stock Exchange, you can actually invest in those companies yourself. So it's, it's a, mind, mind fuck. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. You can say that. Wild. So you can invest in the market itself, the whole market. Should we? Is that a good investment? Well, it kind of depends on a lot of things. It depends on how that exchange gets its revenue and a lot of exchanges get their revenue from IPOs or when companies first list on the stock exchange because they pay fees to be at the exchange. So they pay mm. fees to be at the market. And so there's an upfront fee. It's the fee. best yeah. analogy we've ever had because <laughs> I know that it's, every store has it, to yeah. pay to be at a market. Yeah. So it makes total sense. And there's an initial fee when they first list or join the market. There's a fee then. And so that's when you get a lot of new companies coming to the market. They're paying that initial fee and they're also paying additional kind of annual fees. So... Mm-hmm. Have you ever invested in an actual stock exchange? Uh, good question. Yes. Which one? I think it's like a European one ages ago. Why European? Because I think at the time, if I remember correctly, it was 
Yeah, there was some reason, but it was more about that the, the company itself was 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 quite attractive in terms of valuation, and then also had a lot of IPOs and a lot of companies listing. So, therefore, its revenue was going to be increasing, increasing, and its earnings, and yeah, and then also Ooh, many things. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to concentrate. Companies can also be listed on more than one stock exchange. So why? A good example of this is, say, Kathmandu, where you can buy shares in New Zealand, you can buy Kathmandu shares in Australia. So they listed on both the ASX and the NZX. And that's because they wanted to get more global reach or more Australasian reach. So companies, you know, quite a few New Zealand companies as well, they might list on on the NASDAQ as well. as You know, know, there's a range, it depends. There's obviously additional fees. The company's got to weigh up, is it worth it? Or should we just stick to listing in Australia or New Zealand? Is Allbirds a New Zealand company? No. It was was co-founded by a New Zealander, but it's listed in the US. So it's only listed in America? (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Yes. For some reason, I thought it was a Kiwi brand. It's got Kiwi roots. So if you were to invest, if you were to find a company that you wanted to invest in and it was on two different stock exchanges... Mm. Would you be paying the same price regardless of, you yes. know? Including exchange rates, yes, you'd be paying. Because there's, there's traders out there that... Evaluate what it's worth. That, or, that, that, that trade it constantly to get rid of that, what we call arbitrage. If you were going to invest in a company that's listed on two stock exchanges, it would make sense to invest in the one where your home market is. If you're buying New Zealand shares, you're paying New Zealand dollars, therefore you don't have to worry about exchange rates and currency fluctuations and all that. Fluctuations? Uh, fluctuations. <laughs> Fluc- fluctuations. <laughs> like someone is shitting in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to. Okay, so Vic's just started doing a um, a regular segment on Magic Talk, and she was talking about how, what was the quote? It was a Warren Buffett quote that <laughs> is about, we were we were talking about KiwiSaver investing for the long term, and the quote <laughs> is, someone is sitting in the shade because I <laughs> someone is sitting in the shoes. <laughs> I can't. This was on live radio. On live radio. The quote goes, someone is sitting in the shade because they planted a tree a long time ago. And I started saying the quote and I said, someone is shitting, <laughs> shitting in the shit. Wow, it's really tongue-tied. And she didn't correct herself either. She just sort of like stumbled over and kept talking. It was so funny. Oh, it was, um, yeah, thank goodness it was on radio and you couldn't see my face because I went bright red. <laughs> Can I invest in the different stock markets? So if you want to invest in the Australian or New Zealand share market, you could use sharesies. But if you wanted to invest in the US stock market, so the New York Stock Exchange, any company listed on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, you can do that through Stake or Hatch because they are primarily US. Are there any companies that aren't you aren't able to access through the likes of Stake, Sharesies, Hatch yeah. that are listed but you can't access using those platforms? Yeah, so on those platforms there are probably there's some smaller US companies that wouldn't be listed on them. It's not the whole US market listed on them. It'd be the most popular liquid well-known names. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and as they get bigger, so that's kind of what Sharesies did. They started with the US and New Zealand, and then they added Australia. So as as they get bigger and get more scaled, then they'll probably add more exchanges. So you could get the London Stock Exchange on there eventually, and then with Stake and Hatch, you could get New Zealand and Australia. But there's obviously a lot in the back end of getting those stocks and the availability to invest in those stocks. 
it's so cool because someone was saying to me the other day, like, oh, wow, the curves come about at such a crazy time because, and it, it is true, it's, sort mm. of, it's so serendipitous how it's happened and the fact that all of a sudden there is this availability for the common Kiwi or Australian or wherever you are to actually invest yourself. To think before that, I mean, to be able to even start trading, you need sometimes upwards of 10K. Mm. Yeah, and this you can do, you know, five kind of thing. It's so cool. And we've actually seen that in share price performance or share market performance is if you broke down who was buying and selling the shares, the percentage proportion that is retail investors now, which is the likes of you and me, versus institutional, which is like companies like fund managers, the the retail portion has increased significantly. There's just so many more that's people. awesome. It is good and bad. Oh, really? Well, it's just there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing and are just... So it's affected things in yeah, a bad way. Yeah, just having a bit of a punt or a bit of a gamble and, you know, they don't really know what they're doing or haven't done their research. But I think the positives outweigh the, the negatives in terms of more people investing, more gro- more people growing their wealth. You know, it's beneficial for, for everyone. So one of the things that you talk about is like the S&P 500. Yes. Is that a stock exchange? No. So this is where it gets a bit confusing. You so, need to stop throwing out those acronyms because it's getting, It's not me. It's confusing. It's not me. It's the industry, honestly. you got the NASDAQ, the New York... Honestly, S&P. don't. I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to feel like I understand. But yeah, with that particular one, you say it a lot. And yes. I, so that is the main index of the US stock market. So it's the top 500 largest, most liquid companies on... The NASDAQ, the New York Stock Exchange, yes. etc. Yes, across both exchanges. So, Oh, cool. Okay. So, for example, those companies that I mentioned before, so Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, they're all on the NASDAQ, but they're also in the S&P 500 index. What does that mean and what would people use it for? So it's a representation of the US market. So whenever someone talks about, oh, the US market has gone up 10% or it's fallen 20%, they're talking about the S&P 500. And the same when we talk about the New Zealand market. If we're like, oh, the New Zealand market fell 5% today, they're talking about the NZX50, which is our equivalent of the S&P 500. Oh, my goodness. So it's a representation because you can't – there's so many – like the 150 companies listed in New Zealand, there's some of them that don't even trade because they're so illiquid or so so small. So you're taking a representation or an an, an average, really, or – uh, it's a, snapshot. a sample size, yeah. yeah, of the whole New Zealand market, and that's what you're referencing. So every country will have what it's called its main index. In so Australia, what are the main indexes? Yeah. So Australia, it's the ASX 200, which means it's the 200 most the largest, most liquid listed companies. Mm-hmm. New Zealand, it's 50, and then the S and P 500 means that it's the 500. And that, those indexes change. So as companies performance might t- deteriorate therefore they're not no longer they're no longer big enough to be in the index they might drop out and others might pop in so it changes kind of every three months or so there'll be rotations but if someone came up to you and was like oh so if the the US did you know the US market is up 10% overnight that's the S&P 500 yes boom yes yeah. there is a lot of acronyms but there's difference between exchanges and indexes what's the main purpose for it though would you be looking at that to know that those are the companies that are doing really well and that maybe it's a good place to start for investing in maybe those yeah so you could invest in the index oh god <laughs> invest in that as well you're kidding let's go back to the market analogy the exchange is the market 
and then the the index is the reputation of the most successful stalls. So it's so it might be like a stall that has a selection of goodies from the best stalls at the market. Yes, yes. Okay. Or it's the top ten performing stalls at the market. And if you if you don't keep <laughs> they probably performing, have nougat yeah. and maybe some paella. <laughs> And you can invest in that store. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't be seen to pronounce it wrong. Know, it's true. <laughs> yes, or it might be the kombucha or the quinoa <laughs> or the yeah. It could be a bunch of different stools. But if you're not, if you don't keep performing well, if at someone the market, makes a shitty paella, the paella gets exactly. Off. Or if another paella <laughs> stall comes in and starts doing way better, then the old paella might fall out of the. Index. We are pronouncing it right, aren't yeah. we? They might fall out of the index, and therefore you're not part of the the index of the of the farmers market. So, say you wanted to invest in, you're like, look, I really don't know what US company to invest in, but I know that I just want to invest in the US. Then you could buy the whole index. Is that and uh, ETF? You, yes. <gasps> oh, guys! Oh my god, I feel so proud of myself. Is it really? That's yeah. an ETF, so you get a little bundle of you all the bun- goodies. Exactly. It's like a, a hamper. It's like a bundle like of a 500 companies. <gasps> oh, And you get a little bit. My dad will be so proud. Yeah. He always talks about ETFs. Shout out to Mike. Hey, Mike. <laughs> he actually is so cute. He's been listening. He goes, ha ha, I just got to the episode when you when you did a shout out to me about telling you about your KiwiSaver. And he's like <laughs> so stoked. So Next. you can invest in the index. You can invest in Every company within that index, which mm-hmm. is also featured on the marketplace, the like exchange. the exchange. Yes, yes. So lots and lots and lots of ways to invest. So, so could you just explain to me any other reasons why the index is important? Would you look at that index, like the S&P 500, and would that be a good place to start if you were looking at investing in American companies? Would you say that probably those 500 companies are yeah. doing reasonably well and therefore maybe a good place to start to start narrowing down what you want to invest in? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's companies in there, most of them you will probably know, the household brands. Big, big, big companies. Big, big companies. I think a better place to start is just to, to look around you and and find ideas that way and then see if they're listed and do that by going onto the exchange, typing in the company, seeing if it's listed, or just going to Google and going, if you typed in Google right now mm-hmm. and wrote Facebook stock, you can see. Oh, my goodness. And you can see what exchange it's Oh, it on. just said this connection is private. Obviously, that's like a blocked thing. Weird. But it says 340. Yes. And then 77 cents in US. It's, it's down 2.19 today. Yep. So then you can see, and you can see the little code, the NASDAQ after the ticker, mm. it says FB, and then NASDAQ. And that's how you can tell what exchange it's on. So if you're... Oh. Yeah. Wow. So if you're looking at a company and you don't know if it's listed, just type in... Let's do that again. What's another one? Woolworths stock. Woolworths stock. Oh, I mean, it's blocking me. Bloody hell. Media works. Like, websites. Why don't they want me to invest? <laughs> Rude. Oh, okay. So it's $39.48 Australian... Yeah. It's on the ASX. Boom. And it says WOW next to it. Yeah, it's a great ticker. What's WOW? That's its ticker code. That's its abbreviation. So it's on, it's not in the yes, AX200. ASX200, yes. Oh. You're on a roll today. Thank you so much. I've had She's half had, a coffee. <laughs> and a cacao. So ASX. So this is in the top 200. Yes. It How is. can I tell that? So that you have to go to then to the exchange website. But this is the good way to, to find out if a company is listed first. So, Can we do it again? This is fun. <laughs> What's another one? 
Let's do let's do Coca-Cola. Coca Cola. Stop. Stop. I hope this is really low. Oh, it's only $55.91 mm. in US. And it's in the New York Stock Exchange because it yeah. says NYSE yeah. and then KO. That's its code. And again, if I wanted to find out if this was in the, don't tell me, AX500, the AS and p 500, how would I find that out? So you would then go to the New York Stock Exchange website? I'll do this later. So I go to the yeah. New York Stock Exchange and then I can Google if KO is in there. Yeah, you could just Google is Coca-Cola in the S&P 500. But, oh, this is just game yeah. changer. So, gosh, hats off to Google. I don't know what we'd do without Google. Yeah, imagine if it was back in the day. <laughs> you have to go up and look at the little board at the market that was like, yeah. the top stalls. I've loved this episode. It feels yeah. fun and exciting. Okay, so in summary, exchanges are like your local farmer's market where you can buy your apples, your bananas, your pears. Your nougat. Your nougat, your paella. <laughs> and an Kombucha. index is a representation of the best stalls at the market. The can, top sellers. The top sellers. And the way you can find out if something is listed and what exchange it's on is just to Google. Amazing. Cool. I feel very excited. I can see. Yeah. We were going to do some question and answers at the end of each episode, but we took that analogy with the market and ran with it and we've been talking for far too long. So we'll do that next time. So if you do have any questions, then definitely send us a DM on Instagram or get in touch via our website, thecurve.co.nz, and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Raising the Curve. Please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And we would also love for you to share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit from it. For more information about The Curve and how you can learn more, head to thecurve.co.nz or find us on socials at the underscore curve nz. 